type of fitness. I think links also need that because that is general hockey fitness, but definitely endurance that they can last for a longer period of time running up and down constantly. You, you talk there about composure. You talk there about the need for composure on the ball. And we talked about that with strikers as well last week. Um, you know, often I've, often I refer to the teams that I've coached as the midfield being the engine room of the team and the importance of making sure that you have people that can, can drive the attack, can set the attack up, can carry the attack, can carry the ball through from defence into attack successfully. And at the same time, be an important and most important line of defence when the ball's turned over to be able to try and get that ball back. Um, yeah, you know, what... What are you doing in training with your midfielders? What sort of skills are you working on? What sort of areas are you working on in training in terms of what you, you know, what you want them working on to prepare for games from week to week? For me, the biggest thing that I work on is for them to be comfortable enough to receive the ball with a really good first touch, a confident first touch, um, that they have the least amount of touches on the ball. So basically working on first touches, obviously. And then apart from that, the whole thing of receiving the ball, possibly having to skill past one player and then passing it off. So accuracy in passes and then confidence in a skill um, that when they do receive the ball, it's receive, skill, pass. And um, yeah, so in training sessions, most of the time it is, working either the defensive line is working with the links to learn how to find each other and then the links are receiving skilling passing off receiving skilling passing off because yeah like you said they are the engine room um so they've got to be able to drive the attack forward or hold the defense when when needed um so yeah it's it's a lot of it's a lot of accuracy training um but more about just Overall, knowing what is happening, what to do in what situation. From a defensive point of view, what are, what are they? What do you want them to be able to do? What are you expecting them to be able to do in terms of uh, the balls being turned? From a defensive over? point of view, I would say, obviously, the links for for me when they when the other team, for example, has a sixteen yard hit, so the strikers set up their press. There needs to be one of the links helping or all of the links really um, helping the strikers to position themselves because the strikers can't see what's happening behind them where the players behind them are moving, but the links can. So the links need to be adjusting the strikers into the right positions. That's in a 16 yard hit. And then they are covering the inside. They're holding that in in a field so that the, the ball is forced wide. But as soon as you get higher up on the field where you get to them taking, you know, a long corner, which is now taken on the 22, of the 25 and um, when they're taking it there for example the links are, are generally the first line of defense there um so they need to then be able to try and hold them out and push them wide that they have to run a baseline run or something like that trying to they are the ones that step outside of the d most of the time um so defensively that is kind of the key on what i work on and um, they really the ring the links really have a lot of um thought involved in everything they do they can't do things blindly they have to be switched on and focused basically throughout the entire match 
which is what you hope all your players are, but especially the links because they really they they're like you said the engine room, and if the engine room is switched off, nothing's going to work too well. Um, is it a role that requires a player that, to play both sides, uh, left or right, or is it a role where it's specifically certain players specifically can handle? the left or certain players specifically handle the right um, or certain players can specifically play through the centre? I think that the centre link role is often a very specialised position because the centre link is generally the one that controls the match. Um, you don't want to put, I don't, I'm, like I said, and I've always said this, I'm not someone that puts too much spotlight on one specific role, one specific player, but the centre link is in general the one that controls what is happening wherever it's happening. So I think the center link is quite a specialized position. The left and the right, it depends on players' strengths. You know, certain players play better on the left-hand side of the field. Others play better on the right-hand side of the field. It, sometimes you play a player on the left-hand side because the striker or the defensive player on that side is someone that they play well with and they link up well with. So that's another thing. Um, I think it changes from team to team, from player to player, from coaching style to coaching style, whether or not you, you know, it's not like the strikers where you've got your three strikers and they constantly switch and run around and confuse defenders. Um, I think links in general stay on the side that they're put, but putting them on a side um, is often, it needs to be a very thought out call that you make. We're here talking sports coaching insights again with Simone this week. Um, Again, thank you to all that have been watching. I, I see Rupin is with us. Uh, Dennis Smith is watching as well. And, of course, you're, you're, you're a big fan from Australia. My, my dad, Greg Buck, is also watching. He says hello, <laughs> hello uh, again. So he, he's on, the, on as well. So anyone that's out there that is watching that has a question, feel free to pop it in on, on the Facebook chat or on the SportRex chat. We'll get, to it, we'll get to it during the course of the show. Um, you know, we're talking here about the role of the midfielders. We're talking here about the role of the links. We're talking here about, I don't know what else we can, we can ref the inners, depending on, again, that's the terminology. It's depending on where you are in the world and what you've seen, what you see in the world in terms of how things work. Um, you know, in the old days, they used to talk about the links playing up and down channels. They used to talk about that, that sort of thing. You know, channels, lanes and channels used to be the common practice to talk about. Um, do you want that? Is that the case today? Or do you feel that those guys that are playing in those positions need to be able to move and adapt and move left, move right, go into different lanes, go into different zones? Because they, they've got to play a much bigger role in the sense that they've got to link both ends of the field together. For me, there is definitely something that still is referred to as channels. Um, you know, your left hand, your center, and your right hand channel. But for me, hockey has evolved into a game of triangles, if I can put it like that, um, where in general, you've got your, your defender, who is, say now we're talking about the left-hand side of the field. The defender's on the left. In general, you want your link to be standing, instead of standing in the line to just get a straight ball down the left-hand channel, they stand a 45-degree angle to create that triangle that then 
they, the defender can pass to the link and then the defender runs up and passes back. And that's how the game has kind of evolved, where eventually it can be played down the left-hand channel down to the line, but you never want to be playing in a straight line anymore. That's just not clever hockey. You always want to be running running diagonal and run, running with the ball diagonal, passing the ball diagonally. Um, yeah, for me, hockey is not a straight line game anymore. Mm. Um, the links are a link in a different sense as well, where, for example, if you've got, if your team has a 16 yard hit and they're blocking the trough out, for example, if you, if, if they're hogging the left-hand channel, um, you know, and the ball has been taken on the left-hand side and they're hogging that channel and they're blocking, but they're also blocking the, the trough off, you know, the link is that person that runs into the pocket to draw players out of wherever you're trying to get them or trying to get the ball so that you can do your trough or you can get it down the left-hand channel. The link is often doing those types of runs where it's literally running with it to into a, you know, five meter distance from the player, getting the ball, passing it straight back. And all that served was to draw players out of where they're standing, the defensive players. So I think that, um, yeah, links have a, links need to be clever about how they play and their positioning because wherever the links position themselves, that is, that is kind of the key of the game. Um, if the links have a massive gap between them and the defense, the defense are going to be forced to try and force the ball up the field, you know? And that's often where you get that slant into cookie, which is what we call it in South Africa. But it's just hitting the ball up and hoping. And, you know, hockey has changed that it's not that anymore. So I like your term, I like your term for that better than ours. <laughs> so... Yeah, I mean, the links really, really, they are an essential role um, in the sense of their, their positioning on the field. Um, yeah. How deep into defence do they go? For you, how deep in defence do you want them going? I think it depends on the situation. Uh, I don't, I'm not one of those people that says only the defenders can mark in the D or only the links can mark between the halfway and the 25 or something like that. If, if there's a player open in the D and the goalie can only call the link back to do that because all the other defenders are busy doing something else, then do that. And the link can stand on post-marking someone. I don't mind that. Um, but at the same time, the link's main responsibility is in the center of the field. And so that's where they do need to focus. Um, but if, if they are needed somewhere else in the field, then they do that. I mean, oftentimes you get a link who gets a breakaway and can drive all the way up the field. Then the striker... Whoever is whoever that link, whichever channel that link is in, if the link is driving down the middle of the field, the centre striker needs to drop back into her position um, to not cramp the space firstly, but also to back her up in case that ball is lost and there's a counter attack. Then there is still a centre link in position. You see, so um, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> if I go to looking comparing it to netball, where you can't run wherever you want and all of that. <laughs> that's what I love about hockey. You can go wherever you want to, and there's no set position how, how the game has evolved. So, yeah. So from, from, from your point of view, it, it, it depends. And I, and I guess that's true. You know, in terms of what sort of a defensive role they play and how deep they go into defence, it depends on the situation. I, 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 can, I can guarantee you that there'd be situations, and I know this from experience, that um, you sometimes don't want them there because they get in the way. 
uh, and other times you do need them there because everyone, the opposition is basically flooding into attack, and you need yep. you need as many bodies as possible in order to in order to mark up. But you're right. Ultimately, at the end of the day, the goalkeeper's got the final call on on what's happening there and how that works. Um, yeah. Communication wise, um, how important is it that they are good communicators that they can actually talk? And I mean this literally talk and listen. I think that that is an essential part of their job um, or, or of their role on the field because they need to be able to communicate with the strikers, for example, like I said, not only in the presses, but also in, in everyday gameplay. They need to be able to communicate with the strikers so that the strikers know what is coming up their way, um, how they're going to feed the ball, what the strategy is. They also need to be able to communicate with the defence so that the defence knows how much support they've got from the link line. Um, and they need to be able to listen because, for example, like I said, with the strikers listening to the links that, that can see what's happening behind the strikers, it's exactly the same thing when they're defending a 22-yard hit, a defensive 22-yard hit. The defenders are going to communicate with the links where to move, where to stand, where to block off, and the links need to be able to listen to that. The strikers might be telling the links something that they've picked up from the defense, you know. Um, for example, last night I was at training, and I'm a striker. And we, I, changed, I changed our defensive role to where the, the opposing team was troughing quite a lot and it was working for them. So I spoke to my link and I said, look, I'm going to step up and block that trough off completely. So I basically stood in the middle of the D, blocked the trough off completely. And I told her, tell me how we're doing. Is it okay? Are you managing? You know, and that's, that's the communication that needs to be able to happen. So, yeah, it's an essential part of the game. Well, yeah, it is. It is, isn't it? And we often forget there's two parts to it too. We often forget there's talking. There's the talking part of it because many players are good at doing that, but they're not terribly good at the other bit, which is actually listening to what's being said to them as well. Um, um, how creative do you want them to get? Or is this a role where creativity is less of a need and more being sensible and getting, doing the 1% things is more important? I think that there's a fine line between going overboard with creativity in the link line. Strikers, I believe, very, very need to be very creative. But links, as soon as a link overcomplicates their job, it either works really well or it doesn't. Because a link's job is essentially very simple feed the ball from the defense to the strike line. That's their job. And that's very, very simple. But it's obviously easier said than done. Um, you know, if there is sometimes, for example, um, a lot of teams feel or a lot of coaches feel that the center link is often the best play on the field and that. And I don't know if I really agree with that. But whatever, we let it be. But, for example, if one of your links are being marked out of the game, you know, we always come back to this, marked out of the game, the other two links and that link that is being marked out of the game do need to have a sense of creativity to work around that mm. because playing with two links is sometimes a little bit of a struggle. So then they do need to be a little bit a little bit creative. But I think to, there's a fine line, like I said, between being creative and over-creative where they are doing such crazy things on the field that the rest of the team loses their structure trying to fit into what they're doing. Um, yeah. Do you define with those players in that role what sort of 
possession time you're expecting them to get in terms of how much more you're expecting them to get than their direct opponent? Is there a, is there a, um, a percentage to it? I think possession time was, I don't want links to be carriers of the ball. Mm. Um, in general, I don't play a game, I don't coach a game where you carry the ball. I let the ball do the work because the ball can move faster than any person running, obviously, if you pass it correctly. But you see, yeah, links are not, I don't believe links are carriers of the ball. Um, so possession time, they need to have a lot of touches, a lot of, they need to receive the ball quickly, but they need to pass it off just as quickly. It needs to be a constant through motion. Get the ball, pass it off. And again, get the ball, pass it off. Or they become the link from the strikers. So the strikers get up, they are cramped up on the baseline. The link is there. Get the ball, turn around, pass it off. From the strikers, back to defense, and then they chop it around. Or the strikers driving to the D, and the links are on top D, standing at 90 degrees, ready for a pass. Get the ball, have a shot. Get the ball, turn it over into a thing. So it's a lot of, it's a lot of get the ball and make an impact quickly. Um, more, more so much than actually getting the ball and driving up the field. How, what sort of rotation time are you thinking of for, for a mid, midfielder link in terms of the time they're going to be on, the time they're going to be off? You know, we talked last week a little bit about this to strikers. There's no real preset. Is this a different scenario where there is a bit more of a preset to it in the sense that, you know, they've got a certain period of time on, then they really do need to get off and have a rest because of the nature of the work they've got to do? Yeah, like I said, the, the links need to be workhorses. Um, so they do work extremely hard and it's good to have fresh legs to come on. Um, but I, again, I emphasize I'm not a coach that gives you five minutes on the field. And as soon as four minutes, 59 seconds goes on to five minutes, no, zero, zero seconds, you're coming off the field. I'm not one of those coaches. I work, I work, you know, judging what the players are looking like. Um, and also with my combinations of players. Um, I, I am someone that is okay with playing you know, a link and a striker together because they work really well together and that's a great combination to have. Um, so I work with those combinations as well. Um, yeah, I mean, if something is working on the field, that I won't necessarily take them off, but at the same time, I won't overwork a player. Um, I'd rather have some fresh legs on the field than someone who's extremely, extremely tired um, and just there, you know, just because. So, yeah, I think it's a, thing, it's a judgment call that you could do as a coach need to make, um, depending on the match situation. Some matches are more intense than others. Um, and so your rotation time might be a bit quicker because of the intensity of the match. Um, other, other matches might be quite, quite a slow match, might not be asking so much of your players, so then you might keep them on a little bit longer unless it's not working, you know. So, yeah, judgment as the match goes on, I think. I've, I've in the past, used the, the midfield or the link positions, the inner positions, to sub that's that's where we we've, we've done a lot of the subbing and it's mainly been done to confuse the life out of the opposition because they're all the time looking around who's the new one who's the new one oh there's another new one there where's that come from um uh, and it and it often leads to you know a real sense of confusion in your opponent because they're not really sure who's there and who's playing that role um how how many midfield link players have you got, got on the line? You, you, is it two? Is it three? Are you sometimes using more? 
Um, in general, in general, um, I, I, I like to have minimum of two. Um, yeah, minimum of two up to up to three or four. Depends on how big the squad, the team can actually be. Um, but in general, two, three, four, around about that. But nothing less than two. I don't want to be sitting with one links up, or sitting with a link and someone who's a striker that can play link if I need them to. I don't want that. So two specialized links um, at least. Yeah. Is this the position from where, say you're down in a game, say you're down in a game, you're looking to try and win it. Is this a position where you can push one of those links forward into the striker line or is this a position where you can bring another one potential in in order to give you more attacking strength? Is that, do you find would, you can use that role in that way? If I'm trying to push attack, I would push a link up to the striker line, play four strikers, but then I would push a defender from my defensive line. I'd push my sweet bend to center half and I'd have a high hanging center half that would act as the center link. Um, and I'd rather then play a, a formation of 4-3-3. Um, yeah, I'm not someone that is super scared to play with three defenders instead of four. Um, because of the fact that that high-hanging defender can drop back when needed as well. So, um, yeah, I do feel that playing two links, only two, and having playing a 4-2-4 formation is not too clever. Um, it, I mean, it obviously depends on the situation, but I like to have a, I like the 4-3-3 formation. It's a nice one to, to a nice one to play, um, just in the sense that you've still got your your general three links then, um, which are quite important to be able to feed the ball up because there's no point in having four strikers and only two links who aren't getting the ball up to the strikers. Then you're defeating the point of the game. So, yeah. All right. Well, thanks again. We've been talking here about midfielders and the role of midfield. Next week, we'll move on to another position and how that all works together. And then hopefully as we go, we're going to try and tie this all back together again. You know, ultimately, we've talked about strikers, we've talked about midfielders, we've talked about the importance of that relationship between the two, and it's got to be, it's got to be, it's got to be uh, symbiotic. Uh, are they training together for you? Are, the, are those two groups training together at training, or is it tra are they training separately, or what's how how do you work? Talk that? about links. Hmm. Talk about strikers and links training yeah. together. Yeah. So. Uh, you do want strikers and links training together, but it's not an absolute must. Um, there's certain instances where I have the strikers just doing shooting drills at the goals. But then there's other instances where I practice the links and the strikers and feeding each other. And when we get a ball on the out, on the on the outside line right by the baseline, for example, um, practicing those things and how to feed it around. Um, yeah, so there are certain instances where they definitely do practice together. Um, but yeah, but it's not always. All right. Well, thanks again, Simone, for being with us on Sports Coaching Insights. And we talked about midfielders today, and we'll come back and we'll talk about the next, the next line next week. Either, I think it's we're either up to halves or defensive sort of an area. Um, so we'll, we'll come back into that next week. And again, thank you to everyone who's been watching the show again tonight. Thank you to Simone for being a part of it. I know we've we've. It's been a, already a busy week. We've only just begun. Um, yeah. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for being here for Sports Coaching Insights again this week, talking about midfielders and hockey. And thanks, Simone. Great. Thank you. See you next time.
Will do. Thanks, everyone.